0: ...in the morning. We
1: Welcome to another episode of Director's Showcase. I'm B-Movie Paul. And I'm Phantom Dark Dave. This week, as we continue David Cronenberg month, we will be taking a look at Cronenberg's classic psychological thriller, Videodrome.
0: So Dave, what did you think of Videodrome? Did you call that a psychological thriller? I thought this was a disgusting sex movie
1: yeah a mix of both. I wasn't quite <laughs> yeah. sure where to place it in the genre things. So I'm like, yeah psychological thriller yeah semi what? like um sexual um disturbing nightmare fueled um thing
0: well, the reason I say it so bluntly is i didn't I didn't even seen a trailer for this movie, so when i- when you said man um, it's not what I expected. Let me know what you think. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, Videodrome sounds kind of cool. Maybe it's about a game.
1: <laughs> I was yeah. off. That's what I was thinking at first. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sure this will be like, you know, some kind of, um, some kind of video, like maybe video game thing. Somebody gets stuck in a video game. Like, you know, it's a pretty common plot, but man, this is anything but common. That's, that's for sure.
0: That's what happens when you think that uh, David Cronenberg is going to give you something common, right? Oh, yeah. That's but uh, yeah. I was going to say, I, you know, we'll start the way we normally do, except I'm going to ask you, what did you think of it?
1: You know, it was definitely unique. And um, overall, I actually really enjoyed it just because for mostly due to the fact that I had no idea what was going on. And I, I mean, I had no idea what to expect in general, but like. Even while the movie's going, I'm like, "What the hell is going
0: on with this?" And but I
1: do have to say, I really actually ended up enjoying it a lot.
0: Yeah, I uh, I felt the same way. I uh, you know I started watching it and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I, I can see where this is leading." And and anybody who who's out there listening, who's already seen it, it's probably like, "You're so stupid that you didn't know what this. That you thought this was a video game movie." But that's okay because. Unfortunately, that's what I thought. I thought it was something very, you know, maybe virtual reality. And and I wasn't too far off with that part. But um, I got often lost sometimes, too. And I think part of that actually worked for the film because the film kind of had to deal with alternate reality and you not being able to tell what was real and not. And so that was kind of happening to us as we watched the movie. So it was very interactive that way.
1: Pretty much, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. It was um well the film's about um James Wood's um character. He there's this video called um Videodrome where I guess it kind of affects reality. Um, you start like seeing things like um causes delusions and everyone who sees it, but those delusions kind of transcend into reality. It really kind of it's really hard to tell what was going on and what was real, but I mean, it was all intentional, like, um, it was, nothing in this was done, like, on, like, done by accident, everything was definitely planned out, and it was definitely one of the more unique films I've seen.
0: Yeah, it reminded me of, like, a a combination of The Ring mixed with, like, um, Inception,
1: (laughs) kind of. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, It's like, The Ring, where something from, like, the television comes out, and Inception, where it's, like, What's going on? Like, Is this real? Is it not? Well, it can still kill me, so it's real in a sense. Am I real?
0: So, yeah. is Young it, James Woods is there. Is James
1: Woods real?
0: Yeah, right. Am <laughs> I James Woods? Oh, no. But, uh, you know, did you, his name was Max Wren. Is he related to Kylo Ren? That's what I was wondering. Um, he didn't whine as much, so um, I, oh, okay. I was happy about right. that. Oh, yeah. He, he was a lot more
1: badass, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, James Woods did a good job in this. I mean, i've I've only seen a few James Woods films, but I've never seen what seen seen a character he's played that I didn't at least like seeing him perform. So he, he's a good actor overall. I think he's well cat. He was well casted in this.
0: Yeah, I think that um, David Cronenberg. You know, he's he's such an interesting guy, and I think he he had his vision pretty straightforward set and um james woods you could tell he really respected the script and the visions um, because i I don't see him the type of person to argue with david cronenberg and saying that's dumb let's not do that i see james wood as a really you you think we can do that well i'm the man for the job you know and um i base that on just i watched some behind the scenes documentaries behind the scenes making of the films and man just like you said i've never seen james woods you know, failed to play a role, and he was so into this character. And um, you know, this is one of those movies where you watch it, and for you know, a good hour and a half, you forget you're watching a movie. You know, you're so involved in. You may not understand everything that's going on, but you're definitely involved in it. And um, that brings me to probably something I loved the absolute most, and that was the special effects.
1: Oh yeah, they they were definitely um, well done. There's especially the scene where he's got those. James Wood's character has this, like, giant hole in his stomach that, like, you're not sure if it's real or not, but he, like, pulls a gun out or something like that. It was real bizarre. It was, um, but it's it's just real creepy looking, but, like, it doesn't quite look real, but that just kind of made it look even creepier.
0: Yeah, it had, like, the the total recall special effects to it. It was just a lot. Um, One thing I did find funny, though. So last week when we did a review on the fly, I made a reference to the transformation of the fly was like the best thing I had seen since the transformation in American Werewolf in London is the werewolf. So I did some research and Lord behold, Videodrome, the effects were so good in this. Is done by the same guy who did American Werewolf in London, Mr. Rick Baker. So even though The Fly was just a lucky reference, they ended up connecting, which is pretty cool.
1: Nice, that's definitely really cool. I mean, they that guy is a lot of talent. Like,
0: yeah, Rick Baker's awesome. A lot of stuff I've seen about him is you know since age ten, you know he started putting on the grease makeup and making masks, and now he's responsible for you know we'll forgive him. Okay, for the uh, Cat in the Hat, that does not have to stay on his record. But I did like the Grinch, by the way. But that's okay. this is not a Rick Baker, uh, this is definitely a David Cronenberg deal. But um, something I really like about David Cronenberg is uh, I saw this thing where James Woods was talking about him. And he said that David Cronenberg only writes at nighttime. He refuses to write during the day merely because he only writes what he has nightmares about.
1: Yeah, I heard that too. That's pretty cool. Like, apparently, David Cronenberg's like just a regular guy. You know, he has his family. He, like, if you were to meet him on the street, he'd just be like a normal guy. But he's he's got some twisted nightmares, and he makes really great films from them. He's definitely got an interesting way of writing and
0: an interesting vision, that's for sure. So, Paul, are you telling me you've never had a nightmare where you pulled a gun out of your stomach?
1: You know, I've had a lot of weird nightmares and dreams, but. Believe it or not, that's not one I've had. I'm kind of surprised thinking about it.
0: Yeah, and and thinking about the effects, too, what about the scenes in this movie where um, the TV almost becomes like a life form, and it has veins bulging out of it like it's breathing and moaning? That was weird. Oh, yeah.
1: What was one thing I thought was interesting about this was um, yeah, because I also kind of saw some behind-the-scenes stuff, and according to David Kronenberg, this film was not meant to be any kind of like social commentary on the effects of violence and sexual media on like how on the population and culture. But if it had been, it would have done a lot better of a job than a lot of films that were meant to be social commentaries. Because it's not preachy, it's not like trying to like insult anybody it's just a well-made film and according to david Cronenberg, he just made it because he he made it without like having a moral lesson or anything or like without it being a social commentary it was just meant to be fun and i just think it's interesting that he kind of pulled off what could have been a social commentary and i've seen some on like violence and things like that that i thought were just very heavy heavy heavy-handed not well done but David Kernenberg kind of managed to pull that off without um, even meaning to, and I, I think that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, did you catch how it wasn't even a VHS tape; they were all Betamax tapes.
1: Yeah, that was that was nice. I I-, I always have a I always <laughs> an appreciation for that.
0: It's like they did good, like they kept the tape upside down, so you always saw just the spools in the back, you know, little wheels, and then there's a scene where James Cronenberg picks the tape up, because it's like bubbling, and he's freaking out, and he turns it over, and I'm like, holy crap, that's a Betamax tape.
1: (laughs) Those scenes with that, like, um, with the VHS, like, melting, and um,
0: just coming to life, that was, those are creepy as all hell. Yeah, again, I mean, 1983, very impressive. Oh, yeah. One of the
1: things I kind of liked about it was um going kind of going back to the James Wood's character and the the not social commentary was he wasn't really a good guy. He wasn't really fighting for, you know, anything good. He was basically fighting for survival and for the most part he's a nihilistic kind of like guy. He just like kind of lives for lives for himself and every and things like that and it really isn't a good guy because you can kind of see um james woods's character possibly doing the same thing if um he hadn't been the one to to watch the uh, tape because he's, he's a tv producer in the beginning he's on a tv show talking about how he doesn't think any of the things he puts on tv really affect anybody and he really doesn't have a moral high ground to stand on because you you don't really have any reason to believe that he would do anything different. Like, he'd probably pass at these tapes, too, if, like, he had the chance. But it was just a very interesting way of kind of having the story. It's like there really was no baseline for moral ethics. Like, they kind of talk about it, but even the woman who um, was kind of questioning him on the moral ethics of his uh, TV stations really, well, she ended up being kind of a weirdo. And, well, you find out at the end she was actually dead the whole time or something like that. It was kind of confusing, but I guess she didn't really exist or something. But it was just a really interesting kind of like, um, nihilistic kind of um theme that went on where there really was no baseline for any kind of moral, ethical like way of looking at it. And even the protagonist, um, really didn't have a moral high ground to stand on. I just thought it was kind of a good postmodern kind of look at looking at um, society and media.
0: Very well said. Thank um, you. You know, just listening to your description, I think it brings more justice to the statement I made about the ring, not only in the essence of just seeing something happen from the tv but you know we talk about you know when james woods finally sees the videodrome thing he inherits what's called the videodrome problem and that reminds me of someone who watches the tape and and then they get the phone call it's like from then on you know you're cursed you're damned so to speak and your your symptoms just get worse and worse and um, that also reminded me of the masters of horror film cigarette burns did you see that one
1: I don't think I've seen that one. I've heard about it. It's one of those things I've been meaning to watch for a while.
0: Yeah, long story short, the guy watches a movie that supposedly made people go crazy. And as soon as he sees the movie, he slowly starts to go crazy. And I just started thinking about that a lot when I was watching James Woods go from kind of like sleazeball James Woods to like demented James Woods. He... um he really, he was too bad for his own good, man, because um, what'd you think of that huge, like, helmet that he put on? It was insane, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bizarre. Like, I wasn't
1: quite sure what was going on. It was, like, a way for him to kind of get away from the effects of Videodrome, but i th- it was all kind of planned out by this, um by these people trying to take his company. It was, um, it was at that point where I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, even when they explain, like, the plot, I'm like, is that really what's going on or is it just kinda what we're being told is going on? Like it's one of those films where I can't even really you can't really rely on even the characters to like be honest with you. It's very weird, but it's done so well. Like I it's it's definitely a unique experience,
0: to say the least. So you know how sometimes movies influence you to do things? Yeah, after watching this movie, did it influence you to jam needles through your earlobes? I was just curious. You know,
1: I'm. I think that was a passing thought in my head, but I kind of, you know, I ignored it.
0: Yeah, what? In this movie, there is a very sensual scene between James Woods and um I think I wrote down her name. Do you remember the lead actress's name?
1: Um, I don't remember. So like
0: blondie but as a redhead i don't know but really looked it looks like her yeah. yeah yeah i think i have man, i'm gonna get hosed if i get this wrong as her her name was like nikki brand or something um, but you know you get the idea that because she comes in she's like scratch me cut me and then you look and she's got scratches and cuts already there so and she's asking for this so she's got a high tolerance for pain obviously and it she mentions very early in the film that that stuff kind of gets her in the mood, and at that point, you know, depending on who you are, you might be like, ah, really? Hmm. Okay. But James Woods like, cool, okay. <laughs> and um, they they proceed to uh, indulge into each other, and I found it so insane. You know, like I can take a lot in a movie. I can watch almost anything, but this movie in particular. Just really, like, I feel like this movie had way too much going on that it almost lost itself in its own, like, complex storyline.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that, where it kind of. There's so much under the surface that when certain elements of it start to kind of come to light, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, this whole story is a lot bigger than I realized. And yeah, it's definitely, like,. If you go into this with any expectations, you um, well, you're either going to be disappointed or just very um, misled. You you really have to come. It's one of those movies where you really have to go into it without any kind of expectations or um biases. And but it was well done. I I gotta say, like every everything really kind of worked with it.
0: Yeah, it, it it was it was one of those things where I don't think anybody could have taken this idea and did it better. But for an hour and a half, it was almost like a tripped out music video. Oh yeah, you know, um, we talked about the special effects and everything. The one thing we didn't bring up yet is how about the scene where his hand turns into a gun? That was bizarre. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was think it was point at that for point. Want where... something to 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 go? Whoa! Because I'm like,
1: really. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to think maybe that's how it was supposed to be viewed, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I It was at that point where I'm kind of watching it and I'm like, okay, he's he clearly, he didn't have a gun when he got in there, but now he's shooting people with his hands. Like, is this real or is this still part of his delusion? And it never really gets explained, which I think it's better that way to be honest like i don't think that them really explaining things would have done much for it it kind of leaves it to the viewer to decide what's real and what's not
0: yeah and and that sometimes that does work out for the best um thinking about how this was possibly a nightmare for david cronenberg my dude you have messed up dreams oh yeah most definitely um Yeah, it seemed like the cast had a really good time making the movie. And um, I love how it was a standard hour and a half. It wasn't too awfully long. So it's one of those movies where, you know, you you can't be doing multiple things at one time and watch the movie. You really got to pay attention to it because if you miss a few minutes, you're lost. You've already missed something important. So there's so much content in here. You really have to focus. But that's what makes this film kind of intelligent in a way.
1: Oh, yeah, most definitely. So, if you had to rate this from, um, uh, give this a one out of ten rating. What would you give it?
0: I'm only going five point five.
1: I give this an eight out of ten. I I love the fact that it's so unique, and I love when films really just like throw your expectations out the window and just completely surprise you. I mean, lots of films do that, and I don't like them because they seem pretentious. But this film just it didn't seem like it was trying to prove a point. It was just trying to tell a story. And um, if all of David Cronenberg's films were like that, I, I gotta say I definitely respect that. I mean, you definitely have to have some kind of meaning behind every film you make. But the fact that it, this wasn't a heavy-handed social commentary definitely made me respect it more because I just kind of wanted to be entertained and to see something unique. And it accomplished that for me. And there was definitely... I wish it had been a little more straightforward I guess. I mean I without it kind of ruining what it was, I like the fact that everything was kind of open ended, but when you get to the point where James Woods is shooting people with his hands, like, I kinda wish that there'd been a definitive answer a little bit more, but you know I could live without that. So I think an eight eight out of ten is um the perfect kind of rating for this.
0: Yeah, as far as my five point five, it's basically because I'm not gonna rate it terrible. It wasn't a terrible movie. But it really stays at a mid-grade level because I felt the movie was too complex. The story was all over the place. When I wanted to be, able, when I when they finally revealed something important, I would like to to kind of lavish and enjoy the twist or the or what's going on. But immediately they were already taking you somewhere else. So I feel like the movie was almost rushed from plot to plot. But the effects and the acting definitely keep it above float.
1: Definitely. One one thing I do have to say about this is um, the the antagonists, the guys I guess trying to take um, um, James Woods' um, business. You really don't know much about them, and they're really kind of two dimensional. They're just kind of using this thing to take his business, where you know it definitely seemed like there were easier ways to do that. I it seemed kind of like convoluted to me. This is all for a plot to take his TV station and. When I found out that was what the reason why they were spreading Videodrome, especially to him, like you know, it's a little disappointing. Like I felt like there should have been a better reason for it. I mean, I guess they were trying to spread Videodrome like to television, but the fact that they had to like do that to him first just seemed kind of dumb. I mean, he didn't seem like he was really opposed to it in the first place. So I don't know. I. I when there was that reveal of this, like, evil plot, and, like, okay, come on, guys. Like, you need to give me something a little bit better than that if you're going to give me um, reality-warping Betamax tapes. Yeah, but that's pretty much my my only real complaint with that.
0: (laughs) Not too bad. Um, So, because of the way I felt about this movie... I was curious if anybody else out there was attempting to remake it. And lo and behold, a gentleman named Adam Berg is slated to do a remake of David Cronenberg's 1983 horror thriller, Videodrome. And you can bet I've already sent him an email and I'm trying to get him to come talk.
1: That would be interesting. I would love to hear how he's going to go about doing that. It's, I feel like that's either a really good idea or a really horrible idea. And, I mean, it could work. I really hope they don't use CG- like a lot of CGI or anything like that because part of the appeal of this, at least to me, were the practical effects.
0: Yeah, the way I figure, the reason I really want to talk to him is he's going to be either on your side or my side. He's going to be remaking the movie because he loves it and he wants to, to pay kind of respect to it and do his deal with it. Or... He liked the idea, but he thought that he could kind of improve some things, and he's going to put a whole new vision on it, so we will see what happens. Maybe he will respond. Definitely.
1: There's always, yeah, there's definitely a one or the other. He either really loved it, really hated it, but I I would love to hear his opinion on it and what he plans to do for it. I'm always interested to hear about people making remakes, because I feel like the vast majority of remakes are terrible, but... Yeah, some of them are good, and I always like hearing, like, why someone decided to do this. Like, what they were really hoping to accomplish with somebody else's story. So, I'm not going to knock it. It might be good, it might be terrible, but, you know, I'll... Hey, if he's on the show, um, that would be amazing to hear. So, any uh, last words about um, Videodrome?
0: Hopefully you've listened to this entire podcast and you've realized that this movie is not about a video game. Yeah. It's
1: one of those films where you, you need to watch it. I feel like a review is, doesn't really do it justice quite. You just, you need to see it to really appreciate it or hate it. Whatever you end up choosing. So next week, um, do you want to tell everybody the movie we'll be watching next week?
0: Did we go ahead and agree on the... I believe so. Okay. Well, join us again for our next episode of Director's Showcase, where we dive into the minds of Scanners. All right.
1: This is that film that has people's heads exploding, so that should be a fun
0: one, to say the least. If it's anything like this movie, I can't wait.
1: If you enjoyed this review, you can check out all... All our other episodes of Director Showcase, along with our other shows, at bmoviebros.com. Keep up to date by liking us on our Facebook page at facebook.com/bmoviebros, or follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. You can follow Dave at Dave and all his many projects at Phantom Dave, at Phantom Dark Dave on Twitter, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Jag tror vad det
0: är. Jag ser in råga.